0: folks, welcome back to Big Mama Hex podcast today. It is episode 23 of season two, and we're sitting down with Rachel and Jean Taylor from Boyertown, and we're going to get to know them a little better um, and learn all about the amazing things that they have cooking. Um, there's lots of projects and, and businesses that they work with and own and, and are um, running a farm and all these other wonderful things. So welcome. Hi. Thank you. Nice to see you both. Um, really quickly, I met Rachel years ago at the Peppermint Stick in Boyertown.
1: Her shop, it's old-fashioned candy. Yeah, we have it the Nostalgic Candy Store. But um, yes. when we moved locations, we did add hand-dipped ice cream into the location as well. But I would say gotcha. candy is definitely still our main staple.
0: Very nice. Yeah, it was really neat to go in there. I went in with my daughter, and we got some things for my mom. Um, it, it was really fun to see all the old candies. And also the Nelson um, ice cream, that was really cool to see, too. Nick's yeah. Um And I think at the time you had the beehive as well, the display. That was really, really cool. Um, oh, thank
1: you. Yeah, every yeah. October, um, I always feature honey candy. So I'm a beekeeper as well. So yes. um, I like to bring in the observation hive so people can see the bees up close. And then um, I make lollipops out of honey, like just straight honey. So... So it just—I think it's something interactive I look for people to be able to have an experience. Like I always say, like you can just go to any store and buy candy. So yes. I'd like it to be an experience when you come to my store.
0: It's a super cool experience, and the other thing that I really loved was um, Rachel, you were so um, so kind and so friendly, and we had a little chat about my son because he's just so full of energy, and and you were really really kind and talked to me about um, you know, your experience with a. With a full of energy kind of kiddo. So that was really nice. I remember that very well. And then um I guess that was, gee, that, that was a while ago because you were in the old location. That's the piano place now. And then you did move more recently. Feels recent to me, but it's probably been a couple years now that you're on Philadelphia Avenue, right?
1: Yeah. So we actually, we've been in March, we'll be up six years. I was at um, the Street location for a year and a half. So I guess it'll be four and a half years at this location now.
0: Oh, yeah. gosh, it feels like yesterday. It's so wild
1: how time, it's
0: such a time blur now, right? Yes. Um So the peppermint stick is so much fun. I de- definitely recommend stopping in and checking it out. And then you also have really fun events, too, and themes. Like, you just did an 80s theme, which was really cool.
1: Yeah, we're doing that all month. So, and I have to say, like, there's usually nothing going on in January. So it's like, right, especially right now, the way the world is, like, that's my big thing. Mm. Like, is something that makes you happy, like candy makes you happy. So I thought, what's something we can do? It's not necessarily, you don't even have to come in the store to participate. You can just do this from your house. So and I grew up in the 80s. So I really enjoyed like figuring out what the questions were going to be and researching the different 80s candy. So I'm having fun with it too.
0: That's super cool. Yeah, I grew up in the 80s too. It was really fun to watch. And and it was really big, even in the 80s and 90s growing up in the town I grew up in Bristol, it's like an older town in Lower Bucks, Bucks County. We had a little candy shop where we would get like penny and five, pen, five cent candies and stuff. And I remember when I first walked into your shop, like, even though, you know, I, w- I think I was there buying stuff for my mom, but it was like really exciting to see something uh, so nostalgic um, in the present day. And also in our town, because uh, my, my mom grew up in Boyertown, my grandparents lived here, but I know the revitalization of Boyertown has been going on for a while now. We've currently been here since 2014, so almost seven years. And it's been really nice to see shops um, popping up, really exciting and fun and unique shops, and then the support that they get as well, which is a really nice experience. So are you enjoying um, being a shop owner in Boyertown?
1: Yeah, I really am. And the one thing, I think the other thing that really helps is I, I feel like all the businesses really love collaborating too. So, like, yeah. if comes into my shop and they're like, "Oh, I'm looking for antiques." Like, I'll say, "Oh, we'll go to MJ's Legacy or go here." You know, so like, we really, I think that's the thing is, I think a lot of people get it. Like, you know, people are not necessarily just coming for the candy store. Like, they're coming right. for on the day. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of like part of the reason why I have gotten involved in other things too like the historical society like it's not just about the candy store it's about the town right. is full like we all are important so I love that so much I
0: wish um someday to have some kind of maybe not a shop but maybe a place where I can do workshops and stuff that would be really super cool I know I um a couple <laughs> what did you say I can think of a place yeah right I know like, I hate COVID so much it's like
1: destroyed all my dreams. <laughs> like a dream crusher. We'll move past this eventually.
2: So
0: yeah, I know. I mean, it just yes. yeah. Really, I agree. It
2: was to, to just get everything together, get your your finances and and your plan. So really, awesome. yeah, six month plan. Well,
0: I should pick your guys' brains because I really have had my eye since we moved here on that old schoolhouse in the park because we're over by the park, and I'm always wondering, well, what is going on with that thing? And I thought that would be such a cool place to have. Like events like that.
1: Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, I don't want to ever set my boundaries and say anything about that right now, but we'll talk about that later because I do yeah, think that possibly could be an opportunity for someone to do something with that. So
0: Yeah, I'm just like this old schoolhouse is sitting here and I should
1: I should learn more about
0: the history of it. But it's just sitting here. It's such a cool old school house and it's like right there, so much traffic and stuff. But yeah, that's something that I've always had my eye on. And then my husband had actually really wanted to investigate um the place that is now Bregman's Cafe, he was yeah. really really into that, or or maybe the one right next to it. He likes to buy dumps and then like fix them up. That's like his thing, but yeah. um yeah, very very cool. Um, so that is super cool. And you kind of mentioned about working with the uh, the Boyertown Historical Society. And when did that collaboration start? Because now you're are you um you're on the board, right?
1: Yeah. So I'm in the president right now, and Gene. Jean- oh, oh yes so yeah funny story so when I opened the candy store I always have loved to collaborate with other people I just really enjoy it and um at the time the historical society was doing the ghost walks in town and I said to Jean I would really like to collaborate maybe like we have a well that's what we're getting to (laughs) well (laughs) so we have a tractor so I was like could you I want to reach out to these people and see maybe the candy store could sponsor like a hayride his like haunted history thing so they're like okay come to the meeting so i couldn't come so he went and i don't know what happened but somehow he got suckered into being one of the speakers like to walk around and tell the stories that's (laughs) awesome but um
2: so that happens a lot yeah Yeah, i know
1: it happens to me too (laughs) gene i'm like
0: i'm like a yes person i'm like sure whatever let's do this
2: yeah.
1: But anyway, so he, and I have to tell you, it was fun. And he had a little outfit with a little hat and a little bow. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah. So, you know, he likes dressing up. So that's anyway, awesome. um, yeah, we volunteered and did that. And they really pushed for us to become board members for a while. And we were like, nah, nah, nah. Because, you know, the time has to be right. If you're going to do it, yeah. you need a time to put into it. So, you know, finally they talked us into it. And uh,
0: here we are now. So That's awesome. What's the experience been like? Because my hunter and I have been interested in getting more involved, but we really just do the belch Craft Show. And that's like the extent with our time and stuff with the little ones and school and just, you know, being self-employed, as you guys know, is tough. It's like a lot of time. You know, there are no downtime or like uh, free time, really, you know, Um, but you've enjoyed the experience working over there with the folks over there.
1: Yeah. I I really enjoy it a lot. I've actually I feel like it's like a family. So I mean, yeah. we really have I I think when you work with a non-profit, it's always changing and evolving because you yeah. always have different people because whether yeah. it's people come on or they come off, whether they have the time or the interest or you know, it's always changing. But I'd say sure. like at this point we have a really really good group. And um when Gina and I first started, it was a lot of older people and I think Yeah. You Know that the one thing they said a lot was, Oh, younger people aren't interested in history, like that yeah. was nobody cared, like we're like it was almost like they felt like they were dying. So, I think they really needed some younger people to come in, you know, that's awesome, yeah, and, like liven things up, or like this is how we do this, we need a Facebook page, or sure. You know. So, we have to really-
0: keep. Sorry, I was just going to say too, for the older folks that have been spending so much of their time like devoted to this. Nonprofit and to this um organization it also kind of gives them like more inspiration to keep going because they see that it's making a difference it's very cool
1: yeah yeah that's awesome I remember I think um when I became a board member I took over the display committee because there wasn't really Mm -hmm. like our our first exhibit was a haunted history so Mm -hmm. we did different exhibits on like you know different ghost stories in town and we had over a hundred people come out and it was so much fun. Like we have this old dental set. There was a dentist, mm. um, Dr. Borneman. He was from Boyertown. So we have his entire dental set in our basement. And um one of the board members, um he wore a clown mask and he had a drill. i like, you could sit down, go down in the pic in the basement and get your picture. Like, and there was people running out of there screaming. It wasn't even. I really- bet. Like scary, but it was just like fun. But everybody that's had cool. a good time with it, you know. Really, you know, like you need those times for everybody to be excited and feel good, you know.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, are you guys from Boyertown? I forgot. I kind of flew past that. Are you guys both from Boyertown?
2: Yeah, I grew up in Bechtelsville. I think that's considered. Oh, nice. So sure,
1: sure. You went to the high school and stuff, right? Yep. And I always went to Catholic school, but I went to MBS in Bally and then I went to Reading Central Catholic, but yeah, we lived in Boyertown and then, um, Douglasville. So I was always going to Catholic school. I didn't really have like a, like town school. So I always kind of considered Boyertown my town, I guess.
0: Sure. But you're from the area, you're regionally based and you guys have history here, you know, which is very, very cool. I mean, I find it's hard, um having left for a generation like my mom left, um, just reconnecting, I had to like sort of find my way because things had changed so much, you know, but it was nice because my grandparents were still both alive when we moved here. And I was able to sort of ask my grandmother a lot of stuff to help me navigate the area. But um, one thing that Hunter and I have really talked about a lot is being more focused on um, getting more involved in Boyertown because we spent a lot of time before moving here, we were in Philadelphia for a little bit, um, when we met and then we're married first. And then we spent a lot of time doing stuff in Kutztown and we're just kind of both, forgive me, Kutztown friends, um, just totally, you know, just kind of over it. And he grew up in that area and it's, it's a lot, you know, um, it's just, it's, it's a lot of ego and a lot of not making room for other people and I don't feel that way in Boyertown I'm sure there is that because I didn't grow up here I don't have those those feelings but I always feel really welcomed and supported and even doing the Belschnickel Craft Show we've always had great experiences um and and you know it's more like our home you know well my home like my family lived here and then Oli's the ancestral land which is not really that close to Kutztown, much more (laughs) close to Boyertown you know so I'm you know that's one thing that we've kind of wanted to focus on and I know um Susie Frain had reached out to me about doing a tour and I was like Susie I'm sorry like we really just work in our house like I'm in my attic and it's like such a hot mess but then Hunter and I kind of talked about because we usually do the folk fest which was of course canceled and all the other shows um sort of turning our garage into maybe more of like a studio area that we could do things like that so that's a fun idea but yeah, you guys are always doing really cool events, like the studio tours. And then um, I know New Year's Eve, you always had like a, a noon thing for the kiddos, right? The bear drop, I think Susie frame actually worked at the school where my kids go, you know, and um, she was so lovely. And I thought, well, that would be so nice, except just like in our house. And like, our kids are wild. It's just like not set up for that. But that would be really, really cool in the future. Like if we get it together, and we can have some sort of space allocated for that. But um yeah we'd
1: love to get more involved so I actually there's a project I've been wanting to start and um, I have two other teachers that are on my board and I've been trying to get them to help me start this but um, (laughs) we went um, for vacation the last two times we went on vacation we went out west and we did the national parks they have this program the junior ranger program are you familiar with that no but it sounds good to me (laughs) It's great. You go out and you get a book at each national park and the kids have to do different activities in the park. Oh, fun. Yeah, they turn it into a ranger and then they even have to do like a little oath and stuff. It's really cute. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, if they complete the activities for their age base. They get, it's either a pin or a badge. And I thought that would be really neat to do in Boyertown. I I wanted to call it a junior historian project. (gasps) I love it. I say I I don't even need people to come into the society, but I just need some sure. people to help me create like yes. projects. Like, all right, here's a crossword puzzle, or you know, go find five bears, or you know, that kind of
0: stuff. I love that. That's yeah. so cool. And you know, we have um just because in my own repertoire of parenting issues, um I've looked into homeschooling a lot. We have a huge homeschool um community in this area. I think anything like that would really like um engage them as well because I know the Schwankfelder. I do a lot with the Schwankfelder, and they have a great a great group of homeschool families that do a lot of their um a lot of their events too so I think that would be really neat to do more of the educational stuff yeah let me know because I'm not full-time teaching I teach once once a week so I'm like good and I'm like so bored and I like love teaching so anything like that would be really fun to get involved in okay yeah
1: I'll we'll talk about that more later maybe we can it yeah for sure okay that would be
0: super fun. I would love that. Yeah. And just, you know, like you were saying about loving to be a small business owner, but also being a, a more part of the whole community, you know, like we're kind of off the beaten path of downtown Boyertown, but just being more visible and more, you know, um, recognize that we're in town and we're very proud to be Boyertonians. Is what we're called. I don't know. I think so. Right.
1: Yeah, it's funny, because we live in, Bar- I, I say, we're Bartonians. Bartonians,
0: yes. <laughs> that still would be hard to say. Yeah. Bartonians. Bartonians, yes. Um, but yeah, I would love that so much. And I did have a really successful show at the Firefly last year, which was really cool. And it just kept going and going. And going. Like It was supposed to be one month, but then we just kept it up. And it was really nice. I was really proud of all the places that I've shown and like experiences that I've had it, but I was really proud to be in Boyertown showing because you know, this is my grandparents were so proud to be from Boyertown and living here really big time, like very, very into our town. So it was really an exciting experience. Um, so shifting gears a little bit, I know we got to talk about, um, the peppermint stick. I have this whole list here. And we got to talk about the Boyertown historical society. Um, I wanted to really pick Gene's brain about his Pennsylvania Craftsman Construction Company. And I am just learning more about this. Um, Rachel mentioned to me that you had worked. She had shared on a story, her going through that bridge on Covered Bridge Road, which is like my bridge. And I forget what the bridge is called. It's I'm going to mess it up. But you had restored that bridge, correct?
2: Yep. It's the uh, Pleasantville Covered
0: Bridge. Pleasantville covered bridge, thank you. (laughs) Because I got mixed up and I called it the gristmill. And I said I'd like to put hex signs on this bridge. And they were like, What? So uh, (laughs) and that makes sense why they're like, What? We already have hex signs on the bridge. Pleasantville, yes. And do you know, Gene, do you guys know that that used to be called Yoderville?
2: I had heard that. Did you know that? Yeah, I had heard it. Yeah.
0: Isn't that cool? My husband's friend Scott, well, our mutual friend actually told us that because he's a Yoder too. And uh I'm going to write this down, plus pleasantville. <laughs> um That's so interesting. And there's like a little grave site right where you're turning off of Philadelphia Avenue onto Coverbridge, um, like on someone's property. That's a Yoder uh, cemetery, like on their property. But anyway, yeah. Can you please tell me all about the things that you do? Because I went over to the website too. And it says, um, blending 18th century craftsmanship with 21st century techniques, preserving the lost art of traditional techniques. And of course that speaks to me because I love to talk about traditional art, but then using contemporary materials and context. So you're right up my alley with it.
2: Well, we do like, you know, the old style of timber framing. Obviously I have all the old tools because I collect them and I love them and they work great. And you can't beat the old you know, original 1800s tools because the steel is real steel, not recycled. Uh, But when it comes down to it, you know, Time is money, and you're paying guys. You can't have them out there hand chiseling beams, so we use, uh, you know, we <laughs> use like electric mortise machines and saws. Traditional, you know, beam work where we use timbers, but ours is rough and not the hand hewn, because obviously it takes a lot of time to do hand hewing.
1: Which I have to say, <laughs> he said if someone wanted to pay him to hand hewn the beams, he
2: would do it that way, though. Yeah, yeah, that's super cool. But uh, it takes a long time to do.
0: Oh, my so. gosh. I bet.
2: Um, yeah, we, we just pretty much use electric tools now. But I have all the old old school stuff that if the power ever goes out, I can still build you a barn. So That's
0: so cool. And you have the um, the connectedness to the method, too, and the technique. So you have that within your wor- repertoire, too, You know your toolbox. I've That's very, very cool. I was
2: 18, and I'm now 45. So I've been doing it a long time.
0: We've been doing it a long time. What What are you working on right now? It looks like I'm on the Facebook page. And I'll make sure to link everything for you guys, too, um, so our listeners can check it out. Um, it looks like you're working on a mill project right now. Yes?
2: Yeah. Actually, we're working on uh, an 1800, well, 1700. Wow stone that Which we can read it.
1: It's actually the second oldest mill in Berks County. Oh, that's so cool. Where is it?
2: It's uh, on Forgedale.
1: Oh yeah, man, that's my stopping
0: grounds. I used to drive to Kutztown every day. Yeah. That's very cool. I love Forgedale Road. a uh, Forgedale Road, like on the way to Kutztown or Forgedale Road over near um one. Uh, <laughs> Pre- oh gotcha. Okay. Oh yeah. So that's over there. That um there's a barn there with two horses on it that I always try and find and I could never re really find it. Oh, uh, okay. it's very cool. You guys should check out these images. It's really neat. These old mills, my husband has like a very um special place in his heart for the old mills. They're very, very cool.
2: Yeah. I love this mill personally. Um, I don't know. I've driven by it. I went, you know, our school bus used to go by it. I've been. Oh, nice. I've been by it for, you know, my whole life, basically. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that's awesome. Now I'm actually finally getting to get in there and fix it. So.
1: And I think the other thing that's important, too, is the homeowner, had other people look at this project and everyone else said, you can't fix this. Mm.
2: Yeah. They just said, tear it down. They're like, nothing you can do. Tear it down. And I just pretty much walked in. I looked around and I said, yeah, it's in really, really poor shape, but I've seen worse. So That's awesome. We're, we're, That's uh, awesome. We're re- restoring the whole top end and we have to use all new beams. Cause unfortunately it's spent the past probably 20 years without a good roof and rotted out. Mm. And which is a real yeah. shame because most of it is actually the American chestnut. Wow. So it's like an extinct species. So it's kind of a real big shame because it was like an extinct barn, basically.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Are the owners new owners or have they been kind of had this on their list for a while to to get it taken care of?
2: Um, he's relatively new. I think he bought it like two three years ago. Um, oh, wow. He has plans on actually making it into like a I don't even know what you want to call it. He's calling it a nature preserve, but it's like a learning Oh, that's
0: so cool.
2: Food and then go in the barn and eat it. But you're going to have really like expensive chefs flown in from all around the world to do it and teach you how to do it on open fire. So like you on open fire and learning about the foods and it's like a whole experience you plans on doing, and the mill's just a kind of that is so
0: cool. The where they're gonna house it, yeah, that's so cool. That's so funny because I interviewed my friend Sarah, and she's out on, in the actual confines of Reading City, and she has a place that she's trying to sort of do the same kind of thing on. Um, but it's like a very small little place. Sorry, my dog's making kinds of noise, but that's so neat. Oh, that's neat, and you have a connection to this. To this to the structure as well from your childhood and um, this um, nostalgia for it probably. So that going into the project, you have a totally different um, lenses that you're looking at it with. So I love that, that's very cool. Um, and I know Rachel and I had talked about, cause I had asked her, you know, working with all these old structures, I certainly must see some spooky stuff. <laughs> So yeah. that's not off limits with you guys because I know you that you um, participate in the ghost tours and stuff. But, I mean, what is sort of the the strangest thing you've ever experienced?
2: Um, Inside, I don't know. Like, you know, I think chasing was actually in my own house when I saw a full apparition when we first bought the house. I had to, like, fix a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. I was working alone, and there was, like, a lady that kind of, like, showed up. And she was in like a white full gown. you could actually see her completely. And I saw her twice, which was kind of creeped me out because by myself. But uh, yeah, that was probably the creepiest one. I mean wow. I've had the mill. you get a smell of cigar, and I saw a guy standing in like overalls. but it was like kind of like a misty form. And I thought, all right, maybe I'm just seeing things, but one of my guys also came up the steps and saw it. So he, he it was like another day. You you get this smell of like cigar smoke, really, really strong. And it's not because it's enclosed because we actually have all the siding off the building and all new walls put in. Right. It's like standing outside basically, the air just kinda of blows through. But wow. you get a real strong smell of cigar smoke and then, you know, you can kind of feel something. Like sure, clean. of course time
0: so yeah that's right that's really fascinating i just had my first like smell experience like that this christmas and it was really bizarre because it was definitely like a cigar smell it was like or or pipe you know it was probably a pipe yeah yeah and i couldn't like it was so weird it was just in my house and it was like out of nowhere and nobody else smelled it um that's really fascinating um did you say you had done it for 15 years? I'm sorry. Just remind, remind uh, me again.
2: Well, I've been doing it for like 22 years, Well, 22 years. years, but I've only had my company going for like three years on my own.
0: Oh, cool. Uh, That's I'm what doing. I was going to ask you how long the company's informed. Cause it's such a cool idea. And, um, just the way you market it and the way you worded it. I like that a lot. So people seek you out. And then also, do you ever get um, like heritage associations and stuff that want you to help them with uh, some of their old buildings?
2: I, I've i had a few that actually want me to help them, but they're, they they kind of want me to do a voluntary stuff. I and was wondering.
0: Then, I'm thinking of the Climb House particularly. <laughs> I would love to,
2: but my problem is like with everything going on, I just really don't have the extra time to do it. Right. Sure. Of course. Of course. So I would gladly help them.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that's too bad. I know um, when I was working uh, for all my grads at grad school, um, I had attended a Burke's History Trust uh, meeting and there was a man that there was really desperately trying to get the Kime House restored and he just couldn't get grant money. He kept saying to me, it's just like, he's like, because it's not in an urban area, it's not going to benefit urban um, youth or something like this. It was like his big cross to bear with the grant thing. And I felt really sad for him because my husband's um family it's like one of his family um homes is the crime house and it's a really incredible place you know but it's certainly gone through a lot but um yeah some of these old barns are so incredible and i happen to be uh one of the fisher descendants and we have the i don't know if you've ever been on the property where there's like the barn that's the produce stand but then behind that there's this really really old barn pre-bank barn barn and I got to see it like when my my, my um, family member took me through to see it, but she didn't want me to go inside and <laughs> it's like everything's falling down and stuff. But um, I hate to see us losing these structures, but it's nice that this owner wanted to put time and effort and money into it and make sure it was restored. So that's very cool. And can you tell me how you ended up doing the bridge? How did that come about?
2: Um. Well, that was a company that I, I was actually working for another guy at the time, another company. Oh, okay. They approached him because they couldn't find anyone that could actually do the job like, yeah, do all the new, uh, repairs and make all the new beams that, that had been rotten or broken. Um, wow. they had an actual state inspector on the job that gave us one eighth of an inch from the original that's all wow. we could do off. So, wow, that's crazy big arches. We cut all those, like, when you go, wow. through, they have the roof. yeah that, like, keep the support of the bridge. We yeah. had to remove all those. And they brought those in on tractor trailers. They actually had to remove all the signage down the roads to make the turns and bring it down because they were that big to make the arch out of one piece.
0: Wow, that's incredible. But, it's beautiful.
2: Yeah, and it was like, I think the guy, the, the inspector guy had told us it was about $10,000 a piece for the wood, so you don't make any mistakes. That's what he <laughs> No pressure, but <laughs> okay. I have a kind of fun question for both
0: of you. Actually, um, so Gene, what would you say is your favorite material to work with? Like, what wood or or metal would you say was your favorite material?
2: Oh, I love oak. bad yeah. chestnut. That's very cool. My favorite, but I also have grown an allergy to oak over the years, so I get like. Oh man. Sneeze and carry on, but that's all we pretty much use. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's, it's trouble.
0: Yeah, my daughter's actually allergic to oak and it's like all of our trim in our house is open <laughs> yeah. This is not good, dude. Um I'm sure you're familiar with the sacred oak and you guys are from the area and stuff.
2: Yeah. How
0: do you how do you feel about I don't know if you caught on to this, but the man we we had gone there a bunch of times before the new owner, he actually moved the whole house. Did you happen to see that? Like the whole house was moved. Crazy, no, oh. crazy yeah it's crazy I don't even know that old house the whole thing was moved
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I forget why it must have been something to do with I'm sure it had something to do with water damage or something but it was wild it was really wild to watch and cool because it's like it was worth you know keeping it and restoring it um yeah. and then so I want to turn to you Rachel and what is your favorite candy <laughs> <laughs> well I I
1: would just say chocolate anything chocolate yes but that's why we have a good marriage, because he likes the gummy candy. I like the chocolate. So we don't yes, fight. Yes, you never fight. <laughs> that's awesome. What is your favorite chocolate candy? Uh, we, we carry um truffles. They come from Vermont. That's usually my go-to. Yum. And you know what? See, the thing is, Rachel, you know, people say to me, oh, you probably get eat, tired of eating candy, don't you? And it's like, well, no. I mean, like, one day I might get tired of eating chocolate peanut butter, but then I switch to you know, good men or you know. So there's options there.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I love truffles too. My favorite though is um anything salted caramel. I just yeah. love that combination so much. Salted yeah. caramel chocolate. Oh my gosh, I'm dying. So good. Oh very, very good. Um <laughs> so I know you guys have some children. Are they interested in the family businesses? Do you find that they like to kind of <laughs> The shadow yeah. you guys I know right yeah. I keep trying to force mine but
1: <laughs> yeah no. there's no forcing
0: it well I know not we, at all
1: store, like when we first opened up it really was a family affair like everybody stepped up like all the fixtures in the store Gene built for me and like Mary Ellen wow, that's awesome getting yeah honestly if I didn't have Gene to build me all those displays I would have never because
0: they're gorgeous
1: there. yeah and actually I remember
0: uh, thinking that when I came in I remember thinking wow this place has got such a great like feel and vibe to
1: it
2: yeah well she wanted an old candy store i gave her an old candy. yeah store. it's beautiful really well done
1: and most most of the wood actually was siding that he took off of the barn so that's why it looks so <gasps> yeah so oh, went- i love it too <laughs> yeah
2: i try and recycle awesome. you know you can't yeah. eat
1: 100
2: and 150 year old wood i mean <laughs> it's still kicking you might as well use it
0: oh lord yes for sure i love that's my favorite thing to paint on is the old wood yeah. And I'll take it any way I can get it. It's really, 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 really a beautiful thing. Um, I love painting on old wood so much, especially when you can kind of carve into it because it's like got this softness to it. I just love it so much. Yes. That's very, very cool. Um, So can we talk a little bit about your farm? So I didn't even realize this. You have one foot farm. And tell me about that. How long has that been um, a place that you've been living? And also, I think you sell things. Is that correct? Like you have like a farm stand?
1: Well, um, when we, well, we've been living here for 10 years now. And so when we, okay. first, in,
2: um, when we first bought it, it was a foreclosed, we had no front door. Our wow. hallway had about four feet of leaves in it. And that's pretty much what we bought. Wow. <laughs> it was bad.
0: Sounds I, like a dream for me. Actually.
1: Well, <laughs> I, the people who had it before us, there was like some kind of pancake factory or something in the barn. And I guess they stopped paying the electric, so the electric company just cut the the line. So there's no electric to it. Well, there was bags of sugar and flour. Oh. And it was actually a cooler, like you know those ice cream coolers, like in like the convenience stores, and you would slide yeah. the lid up. There was one of those in there, filled with bacon and ham, that was sitting there for two years. No. But needless oh. to say, we had to get rid of all that stuff, and you can imagine the type of animals. Wow. cracks. Oh so, my gosh! We definitely earned this place. Yes,
0: good for you guys. That's amazing, and yeah, our fight. <laughs> yeah, yes.
1: yes. well, that's why I laugh because people would be like, "Oh, we were gonna buy that place," and I'm like, "Yeah, we got the guts." off
2: to buy it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I
1: mean, with him, you know, repairing barns, you know, like doing timber framing. Like we always wanted a farm, and I grew up. On um, in Douglasville, my parents had like a gentleman's farm, so I had that lifestyle as well. So it's something we always wanted. Nice, uh, but um, when now before I had the candy store, we used to do a lot more with the vegetable stand, and then once I opened the candy store, it just became a little bit too much to uh, sure. To but I'm actually getting to the point now where I'm able to have a little bit more free time, so like we're hoping to start doing a little bit more again. Our daughter definitely
2: is... the strawberries. Yeah, I used to have oh, nice. ladies showing up in the driveway at six thirty in the morning, while I'm out picking the strawberries, yelling at me that they're we're out of strawberries and mm-hmm. I need to pick faster because she needs them.
0: I and can it's imagine.
2: Thirty in the morning, the sun's just cracking up and just starting to warm up, and I'm trying to get these stupid things picked before I have to go to work. And these old ladies are—I have like four or five of them in my driveway yelling at me.
0: No, I can imagine. Hey, listen, the first year I did the Boyertown um yard sale, like sidewalk sale, uh-huh. it was like advertised a certain time. They were ready for me, and they were like, "You're taking too long. What you doing?" Like, I understand cracking the whip. That's like my grandma. That's yeah, that I do know.
1: <laughs> it's funny because our like garage, where like jeans up there a lot to like fix the trucks and stuff. Well. People are always yelling at him all the time. So, like, we have, I'm sure you've seen, like, we have some goats and stuff.
0: Yes, I was just going
1: to ask you about the animals, yeah. Well, the one goat. I'm not yelling at him. I'm just be turning around. <laughs> yeah, well, our, the one goat gets out all the time, and I bottle fed him. So, he's really friendly. He's like a dog. Oh. Both of our goats were bottle fed. But he follows people, you know. So, he's always like, he'll go and stand in the road or whatever. <laughs> like, have to tell her the story about when he came back in the Cadillac.
2: But it was so I'm I'm in the, like outside and all of a sudden this Cadillac Escalade, like a brand new, like super expensive car, comes rolling in and there's my goat in the front seat with this lady. And she's like, Is this your goat? I'm like, Oh my god, yeah, it's my
0: goat. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Do they have tags on the goat? Like, how do people know where to find you?
2: Everyone in the neighborhood knows it's our They goat.
0: know that it's your goat, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I looked at where your where your farm is. And I was like, Oh, I see where they are now. Because I was I kept seeing the pictures. And I always drive by this farm. um, I guess it's Ironstone Creek. I don't know what the road is called. Ironstone Drive or whatever. And I always think I wonder if that's their farm. (laughs) Because I just see ducks. And I was like, of course, it's their farm. There's ducks. I am not a farm. I did not grow up around farms. I am so like, it's so foreign to me but um it was neat to see where it was and then I saw the people who like it and I was like oh wow they have this stand and this is so cool and why am I just (laughs) noticing this but I love the goats and what else do you guys have over there I'm trying to let me say
1: what um, what else do you guys have we have the swans of course and then um, yes and ducks which this is why I need to reopen the stand for eggs our daughter has always been in 4-H since she was eight years old oh awesome yeah she graduated last year but she did a project where the kids hatch eggs out and then they have to raise the baby chickens up to wow. the where they're laying eggs they call it egg to egg like you start with an egg and you end up with a chicken yes. but now normally at the fair the kids they pick their six best egg laying hens will be a pollock because they're under a year but um, then they auction them off. Like you can go and you can buy them, and people, you know, buy them to take home, you know, for eggs. But the fair was canceled this year. Yeah. So, you know, there was probably like twelve chickens, and plus we already have our other. How many? Seven. One. Seven. Oh, okay. She's saying twenty-seven. I don't. Wow. What do Oh, but we didn't keep all twenty-seven. That was like 13 okay, third. All right, somewhere in the teens. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, anyway, so she wanted to keep them. So we have our regular chickens that we already had, plus these other ones. So I have eggs. There's a lot of eggs going on. there. You've
0: got eggs for miles. Yeah, that's so. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I know my mom's moving to this area from Bucks County now. She actually just did her settlement today. And um, she's like, you need to find me some real eggs, like farm-raised eggs. And I was like, well, I think she was talking about Oley Valley Organic. And I was like, I think we can do better, Mom. we got to find you somebody local. You know, she's excited too. Yeah, yes. you, yeah, she'll I, be coming.
1: Yeah, bring them into the candy store if you want to grab them.
0: No problem. Oh, that would be awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely let her know. Um, that's very, very cool. And tell me about raising bees because my husband actually, very long time ago, was a beekeeper as well, and really has great memories of it, but also some horror stories. <laughs> he was. He's kind of a wild guy, so I mean, it makes sense, but um, how did you get into, into that?
1: I don't know. I just, there's so many things I want to do in my lifetime, Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, why not beekeeping, right? Right. So, <laughs> so I, I took the class. Also, uh, Mary Ellen did, there's a beekeeping 4-H. She participated in that as well. Oh, nice. Um, but I actually, I did take the class through um the Montgomery County Beekeeping Association, and then I also, I guess you could call it like interned under um, Eugene Taylor, which I kind of thought was funny because he's Eugene Kaler. But then <laughs> Taylor taught me beekeeping, so that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, he's very Pennsylvania Dutch. I don't know if you know him, but he's. Been I don't. He actually, I know he's starting to get out of it because he's got to be pretty close to nineties. Yeah, yeah, he's I know. East in his 80s so and he is a feisty guy i have to tell you <laughs> aren't they
0: all right <laughs> all those titers.
1: but um I, <laughs> he really taught me a lot so i mean honestly at this point i still i usually keep at least one hive but when people say the bees are struggling it's not a joke like i know I, yeah i can't get a hive to live longer than two years So if they make it through one winter, I'm okay, but I have never been able to get them through a second winter. And I know, um,
2: I have we don't spray on our farm. We don't use chemicals or spray. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you what, so just for putting into perspective for people like myself that are not familiar, what would a typical, like, like previously session, (laughs) not session, but like how long would they normally have? been able to oh, stay together
1: forever. I mean, like they, oh, okay. be, like they're always regenerating. It's usually you would lose it if it got sick, but I have never been a beekeeper during the good time. So I'm not, I'm right. Not, sure. I can't really tell you what that would really look like, but I know, um, the second year I was working with Gene, he had a hundred hives and only 10 made it through the winter. Wow. 10, that's 10%. And I, know, that's the last I you know the last time I talked to him because He actually puts his hives in like the orchards, you know, the different apple orchards and stuff in the area. They pay him to put the hives in. And he told me, he said, you know what, at this point, he goes, I just figure financially I'm going to be buying all new hives every single year. And if anything winter, winner, it's a bonus. And he's like, the only reason I can afford to do this is because the people do pay me to put these in the orchards. So we went um, a couple, well, this was probably a while ago now we went and we went to one of the mother earth news fair play. They had like a fair a years
2: ago.
1: Yeah. along maybe like 10 years ago, <laughs> there was a bee scientist there. He was selling product for you to buy, but you know, I was talking to him and I said how, you know, I've always struggled. And he said, well, do you live in an urban area or more rural? And I said, well, we're definitely rural. And he said, mm-hmm. what do you have around you? And I said, mostly like corn and soybean. And he said, well, that's probably part of your problem Mm -hmm. because those genetically modified plants, they produce a pesticide that repels the insect. And he said, what happens is the bees collect the pollen from those plants. They bring it back to the hive. And then over the winter, that's what they eat to make it through the winter. And he said, that's "That's why you're losing your bees over the winter, because that is usually what happens. Right. He, wow! So
2: many- we lost them before winter. Yeah, this didn't year even get did. cold and we lost them. Yeah. Wow. wow. Well, I,
1: I live, but they were not doing good before. I yeah, it. I was going to ask you what's
0: the reason for it, and then I'm really glad you explained that to us because, you know, my husband and I are constantly fighting about GMOs like all the time because <laughs> I try as hard as I can for things that we can like or maybe need to be more like organic. I'll try as hard as I can, but it's very hard to explain um, why GMOs are not good, you know, and it's really difficult, you know, so I appreciate that because people don't understand. And then the other thing for farmers as well is you have to buy new seed every year. That's what I've also heard, you know, so they make it a, a specific way where you can't, um, use the same seed because it just doesn't regenerate. Well,
1: I mean, if and you thank- heirloom plants, yes. then you wouldn't have that problem, but well, right. do one comment on the GMO thing, so another thing, I learned a lot from my kids being in 4-H. So one that's year, awesome. did potato judging, which you're gonna laugh. It's it, they do it up at farm show, but they create teams and they have to learn everything they can learn about potatoes. And oh, then that's awesome. They go up to the farm show and the, they give them like a group of potatoes, and the kids have to judge them on how good they are and know about them. But they actually had so, and you're allowed to laugh at this. They had a guy I love potatoes. <laughs> I'm, I'm very serious about this. Okay, good. So you're going to go into this. But we had a guy from the Pennsylvania Potato Council. Common yes. <laughs> and I have That's to tell great. you, daughter has a shirt. It says Potato Judging Team with a big potato on it. That's so like, great. Yeah, I, I thought I liked it. but, but
0: anyway, That's he, so
1: cool. He did, he did talk a little bit about GMOs, and he kind of mm. helped put it in. To perspective for me but the one thing he said was you know people do think all gmos are bad and he said actually like potatoes that like when you fry a potato he was explaining Mm -hmm. that it can produce a carcinogenic that can cause cancer yes they did actually come up with a it is a gmo potato but they came up with a gmo potato that doesn't do that when you fry it and i guess they were trying to sell this to mcdonald's for them to use this GM, not this GMO potato, but it actually is better for you. And sure, McDonald's sure. Would not buy into it because I guess one of their things is McDonald's will not use GMOs, which who would really? Thought. That's yeah. shocking. Yeah. Have you
0: guys ever seen Super Size Me? I'm like, I'm so shocked. Well, <laughs> we don't eat McDonald's. Like,
1: we, I, I can't remember the It lesson. doesn't
0: like decay. Like, it just stays a french fry for like 60 days. Like, it doesn't <laughs> do anything. It just stays there. Like, it's wild.
1: i I don't ever eat mcdonald's ever so well
0: yeah it's hard i i had it was nice because like we're vegan now and like uh just transitioning to that like all the fast food went out the window and that was like a really nice silver lining for me because i'm like well now i don't have an excuse like i just don't do it but yeah it's hard and i agree with you on the gmos and like we really um i guess the heirloom um nuance is very important because that's certainly more of what we're interested in because like you mentioned you don't spray on your farm and we have grown our stuff we we do like food not lawns like our whole yard is all food um which is like you know because we could care less about it looking all english gardening but um you know we don't spray and we've had a lot of trouble with bugs and you know our kale um oh, like, I don't know, these black spider things. It's just awful. So we have to find like a new, we have to find like an in-between because it's like, it's sad to see so much. I mean, it's a lot of food that we're like not able to use. So it's hard. I I think there's definitely a balance um, and I definitely think it's not all bad. And that's very true. It just makes me sad because for me personally, like we've grew up in the same time, like I grew up in the eighties and nineties. The taste is so different to me. If I get a you know a tomato from our garden, that's heirloom, and grown from home tastes so differently than when i have to get one from the grocery store even the organic ones they taste so different and watermelons are really big one that you could taste the difference plastic. too what'd you they're
2: say tomatoes from the store taste like plastic you can actually they're
0: weird. Yeah. and they're like they have this tough skin and i'll tell you what really got to me because i'm like i am a, this is a strange bird thing i love kale like i love curly kale like i love it it's my favorite thing ever and we had a ton of it in our garden. And now I've been buying it from the store. And it's like, I don't even know who you are, Curly Kale. Like, you don't taste like Curly Kale at all. And it's just so interesting. Like, I have to cook it to get the flavor to come out. It's just like, it's so wild how things have changed so much. But yeah, that's really interesting. So I wonder if honeybees do better in urban areas because there's not other crops. I'm curious of that, well, based say, on what he had said.
1: Yeah, he did say that it is like the bees are doing better, more in urban settings now. Wow. It's funny because he was kept driving by this place in green lane and he's like you should see their hives like they're stacked up they're huge and he's like i don't think there is these people's bees are dying because he's not like shrinking them back down like he's starting from scratch but i mean how many acres over there is preserved that's no farm you know so yeah very true
2: like sure exactly like and it it was just like i kept telling her i mean the thing was like six seven foot tall these hives which is like unheard of we're lucky if we get four like a three three stack like maybe a three or four foot high hive this guy had like five six foot tall hives that bees were just flying all over i'm like i don't know what we're doing wrong but he's doing something right (laughs) yeah that's wild
1: well the other thing he said to me too is the other big part of the problem is is for a beekeeper, you pretty much have to feed your bees all the time. And he said, right. back 50 years ago, um, there was a lot more farm animals. There was more horses. People were growing more clover, like more yeah. crops. And there was more foods, food for the bees out in nature. Yes, yeah. yeah. Said, now you're feeding them sugar. Water. He's like, how healthy would you be if you were just eating a diet full of candy? So that's yeah, like, true. You know, that completely makes <laughs> sense. I know, yeah, but your candy is like good, high quality stuff. Exactly. Yeah, that's hilarious. Well, you know, everything.
0: Has, you have to eat everything share. in moderation. A hundred percent. Yeah. And Nelson's is like Nick's best. really? I mean, we miss it a lot. Now we now we eat tofuti from uh, uh, Long Acres. I'm so ashamed I gave up the Nick's best. I didn't eat,
1: like I just got this a bunch of acrym berry balls. I think that's just as good as ice cream, too.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's incredible stuff out now. Like it's just, you know, I was a vegetarian when I was like 14 and it was like cardboard. Like there was no options. It was like, no. And it's just so different now. It's just changed so much. I mean, it's wild, but yeah. Um,
1: back- I love vegetables. I love all food. Yeah, me
0: awesome. too. I love but that I- your kids went through 4-H. Did, did did they go to Boyertown? I need to sign my kids up immediately. I love yeah. 4-H.
1: Yes. Um, You just go whatever County you're in. Um, So um, my daughter, well, they both went to Blooder Town. Um, my son cool. is 18, so he's going east. So he's not he's not out of school yet. But um, he's yeah. eight years old to start and then you pick like what club, but they have <laughs>
0: I'm so uh, sign me up. I'm getting ready.
1: Okay. There's, there's, I have to live vicariously like,
0: through them. I wanted to do things like this, but I was off in the town in Lower Bucks County, couldn't do anything.
1: <laughs> well, there's a lot of different clubs. So like my daughter did um she started with poultry, mm-hmm. she did rabbit. Beekeeping and then she moved to livestock. What else? She's sitting over here. So what else did oh, you do? Oh, nice.
2: They opened our in like a shooting club. Yeah. At, whoa.
1: Yeah, oh, Woodworking.
2: Well, that was because I was. Awesome. Yeah. It's on a
1: certificate. <laughs> <laughs> you go, girl,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> with your 27 chickens. <laughs>
2: no, you, they had, you know, scrapbooking. Yeah, you oh, them.
1: that's so cool. Yeah. They, had it. Yeah, they even. Wow. Had, where you take briar horses and you like put little saddles on them and stuff, like model model club. But I mean, if oh, wow. animals. My suggestion would be like rabbits or because you can do rabbit or a guinea pig. Rabbits and guinea pigs or chickens is like a that's a smaller animal, you know. Yeah. Or you
0: know. Oh my gosh, my daughter's gonna be so thankful you guys told me this because she is so so into animals and. It's just been so rough this time here, and we're just going completely crazy. So she would like, really love that. I think
1: poultry club is really great because they really dive in and teach the kids about genetics, um, like um, hatching. So like reproduction. Oh wow! Really, I learned so much from being just having my kids be part of this because yeah. They, go far into the animal science of things. So
0: that's super cool. Now I teach over at um Forkside Montessori, which you know Jean is over in Becklesville. You guys are probably familiar with that on 100. And we always had um in our curriculum we always had eggs come in and they'd hatched in our classroom. It was a really big deal. So both of my younger kids went through that program and already have this like interest in that and I, I sure miss them being in that program. It's really fun to be learning about all those kinds of things hands on too. They always had um hands-on experiences so oh that's very cool do you guys ever have tours like i t- i teach summer camp i'm like can i bring my kids over and tour the farm
1: for you rachel of course
0: oh rachel thank you so much. i,
1: mean, I, don't know what I appreciate that I, mean, I guess we're used to it so it doesn't seem like a big deal to us but
0: yeah i'm just like i have to write the curriculum for these summer camps i have three weeks I'm just like thinking, oh man, I don't know. It's such a weird time. You don't know what you're going to be able to do, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: so, yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, we have pigs too. Like we, we oh yeah,
0: Duh. Like, that's we, like your,
2: like your sign too. too. You
0: yeah. Know? Oh, nice. Oh, very cool. I I need to come and just have some time with your pigs. <laughs> I love pigs.
2: So, yeah, the pigs are really cute when they when they're little. When they get bigger, yeah, they're
0: not so much fun, right? Yeah, I know. I hear you. They're, 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 they're smart though right
2: super smart and they're super strong so right we, we skate pigs one time that, that that really stank we went to the 4-h fair and mary ellen had her little pigs <laughs> down there and we had some back home that for us and i don't know if they could climb i never knew <laughs> really what they were doing but i i came pulling in our driveway at like 9 30 10 o'clock at night all by myself to my neighbors all outside and one standing in my driveway he goes do you have pigs i'm like look straight ahead and i saw my pen was empty i said yes i do he goes oh, they're <laughs> in my yard They're about four houses down i'm like wow okay all by myself i had to get out and try and figure out how to get two 300 pound pigs back to my house that's hilarious hungry and they followed me back nicely <laughs> With all the neighbors taking pictures and laughing as we walked up the street with two pigs following me.
1: See, are you noticing oh my
2: goodness!
1: theme here, Rachel, about how you yeah. always has to go with the naughty animals? Like,
0: yeah, There's a pattern.
2: It's funny. The car, honking the horn <laughs> because he found our goat on the street and put it in the back <laughs> of, the of
1: his car. Well, that one was funny because the goat did poop in his car.
2: Yeah, and he asked me about oh, what. Oh, no, I was not the
1: Escalade.
2: <laughs> and I just said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's really funny. You're reminding me of um this project I worked on. It was an old radio show, Pennsylvania Dutch, um in in all Pennsylvania Dutch called Asabe and Sabina, and there was an episode. I illustrated a book for the Heritage Center who did this publication for them, and it was a and it was a story. It was an episode where he's trying to wrangle the pig back into the truck, and it's just like I saw the picture in my head of you doing this. It's so funny. Yeah, it's not like you can really lead them back on a leash, you know, not like that
2: we tried that one year that doesn't work that was yeah that was thanksgiving
1: i was not part of that i
2: said this Well, they got out and they were really smaller and we thought you know we'll just throw a lasso around them and lead them back <laughs> on thanksgiving day pigs are really really loud apparently mm. you don't they don't like that no <laughs> they, they let
0: you know, know. yeah,
2: yeah. Kind of oh, that's too funny
0: yeah, I guess we were watching. I'm sure you guys have seen this show. Uh, it was some kind of like show about like a veterinarian that works with larger animals, and she was trying to give a pig some kind of doing something for a pig, and it was this huge like um, oh my gosh, it was huge. I don't even know. And it was just so fascinating to watch her because it could have like really hurt her. Like it was I don't know what kind of pig, but it was scary. And yeah. that's my story. <laughs> <laughs> that's very very cool. So I'm looking forward to um sharing all of your wonderful links and all the things you're working on and to a time where you're going to be opening up your farm stand again and I'll come and check everything out. That would be super, super cool. I'm just looking at my list here and I think I covered everything. Is there anything else you guys would like to say or add? No, I
1: don't think so. So yeah. we enjoyed uh, talking with you.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, it was so much fun. Thank you guys for your patience. My schedule's so crazy right now
1: we have the same thing if you wanted to i'm sure i would have had to tell you we i wouldn't have been able to then either so i know it's it's been a wild ride so what can we look forward
0: to what um kinds of events is the historical society cooking up
1: so i'm trying to think right now we have so many things in the works so we just started talking about doing a barn tour um kind of like love that yeah last year we did um we went on um Potstown does that garden tour. It's like in Potstown. Mm-hmm. I think it's through Mosaic, and we we had me and Jean and a couple of the ladies from the historical society all went together, and we had such a great time. We were like, "Oh, this will be fun to do something similar." And then Jean's like, "Why don't we do a barn tour?" And I was like, "That would be Love great." It. Also, you would be outside, so you know you can easily social distance. You know, so I thought this would be great for this year because like that's been the big struggle. Like we couldn't have the best yes. like that really, really hurt us, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I know I do. Yeah. So I'm I know we to...
0: do really well at Schnickel, So I'm sure you guys do really well at Schnickel yeah. too, you know, the historical yeah. society. It's a great event yeah. and high class. Like we always get really, I mean, going from like the folk fest and you never know what you're going to get. It's such a mixed bag of people that come there and, and kind of like are there. Yeah. <laughs> and then we love doing the Schnickel and the Red and Guild show. Cause it's always really high class and, you know, the people are really interested in, um, uh, yeah, and it it works with the jurying and also just people. It's such a great. Um, they have such a great reputation too. So,
1: yeah, thank you. We're looking forward. We're hoping to be able to do it again this year. So we're moving I hope forward. So too. I don't think we're going to have it. So um, cool. But, but anyway, so we were really lucky this year. Um, we did. We had a gentleman who was into metal detecting come and help us organize a metal detecting fundraiser. So that was really successful. Like people came from even from Texas to participate in metal wow. time, we're down. So it was on a,
0: awesome.
1: Yeah, it was on a historic farm. So they would pay to like be able to go out and metal detect. So we're organizing um a spring and then a fall metal detecting fundraiser again. And I did also meet with John Warren. I don't I'm sure you know him. He makes the brooms. Oh yeah. Yep. John, yeah, he's a friend. His wife actually worked at
0: Chestnut Knoll and helped take care of my grandmother. Yeah, they're great people. Yeah. Great people.
1: But yeah, he just reached out to us. He wants to help us organize like a living history fair. Um, yes. We just started talking about it. We're That's awesome. Going to go, um, have you been to the Bears Mill before?
0: I don't think so. No, but I, I think I saw did you post about it, I think?
1: Yeah, we actually did um like a tour, like if you remember Right, like, I saw that. Yep. Yeah, it is amazing.
2: Yeah, you got to go and check it out. That place, just, yeah, it, it even got me excited. So, yeah. yeah,
0: my husband loves it and he's he he cycles in the area, so he's always yeah. seeing the mills and like he loves he loves that mill so much. I don't know if he kind of like peeked in one time, but I'm sure he would love it. I think I showed him your pictures on Facebook too. I was like, check this out. Yeah, we'll have to get over there. That'd be super cool. The
1: guy's always there on Sunday, it's a private club. okay. They even have the equipment still in there and he like hooked it up to belts so we can like turn it on like so you can really see how the equipment worked
0: oh that's so, awesome
1: and we're gonna go over there and talk to him we were thinking maybe there the Boyertown Park you know somewhere local so we're just starting to talk about it but I'm hoping we can pull that together for the summer because like, oh, that would
0: be very cool
1: yeah another outdoor event so
0: yes yes very very cool well listen it has been such a pleasure sitting down with you guys thank you so much for joining us and thanks for sharing all of the wonderful things you're doing. And thank you for your work that you're doing with the Historical Society and all the renovations you're working on, Jean and, and Rachel, Um, your efforts with the peppermint stick, bringing back some joy to all of our lives that we certainly need. So thank you all so much for spending time with us.
1: No problem. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks a lot.
0: You guys take care and mock gut. All, right.
2: all right. Thank you.
0: Bye. 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 <music>